0: Uh, Dan Orlovsky on the Harbor One Hotline. How are we doing this week, Dan? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? So, we're doing well. We actually, uh, a few moments ago, we were playing... uh, Mac got asked today, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but Mac got asked today at his weekly press conference about your comments on this show last week that you're texting Mac uh, pretty much every week about his footwork and uh you know Mac kind of deferred he wouldn't really answer about uh any text exchanges or anything like that. Did you have any advice for Mac after the pick against Miami last week?
1: No. Uh, I didn't text him this week actually. Um Uh-oh, did yeah, we really I, I don't know. No, no. I I just I just didn't. Honestly, I I I leave for Germany tonight for that Dolphins Chiefs game so I've been oh, uh, a little bit yeah <laughs> focused on that. So uh, I, I did not text them this week. Um, but I was surprised he threw that pick. obviously didn't see Jalen uh, just a bad read, so it was disappointed to see that one. obviously the the news of Kendrick even more so disappointing for his health. so uh, no communication with Mac this week now.
0: so so you don't you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but you did volunteer last week that you you text Mac uh, at least intermittently throughout the year with some advice. Is that something you you commonly do with a lot of quarterbacks in the league, or is that something specific to him?
1: Um, if I have a relationship with them, um, sometimes I think the ones who try, the ones who, uh, I have, I've had people or I've had guys that like reach out to me and ask for it, you know, that have said, Hey, you see anything, um, that I'm doing well or doing bad? Like, let me know all that. So I've had people who ask, you know, guys who I, maybe I had previous relationship with Swift that I, that have asked me for it. Was it back um, one I've of those? had guys that I just. Uh, Mac had reached out a while back and, and kind of had said, "Hey, if you, if you see anything good or bad, you know, let me know, please." So if you see something, um, say something. <laughs> like in the airport. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. so we at TSA. So, and I've had I've had situations where I you know hit guys up and share thoughts or whatnot, or or honestly, like I remember with Patrick, I want to say two or three years ago, just because out of out of respect, I you know did a whole thing. And I thought Patrick's mechanics were in a terrible place. And I had reached out to him in, on social and said like, Hey, just I've given you a heads up. I'm doing my job. Um, and I want to let you know that I'm doing this before it goes on television type of thing. So um, stuff like that. but Wondering just, I want to switch gears really quick. Uh, when you look around the league and you look at who might, we saw a coach fired today in Josh McDaniels. Looking at next yeah. season, who might be kind of the hot offensive coach who would be sprung up to a head coaching job? you're tapped in all these different offenses around the league. who would you have your eye on if you were in ben, ben, ben johnson Ben Johnson yep yep ben johnson i I think the four names um that are going to be absolutely all over head coaching searches. I actually had conversations with someone last week about this very thought was general manager, head coach, um, and who are the guys that are probably going to be in the conversation. You know, again, that person had asked me, in my opinion, who who I thought, you know, I, as far as what tape had said and maybe interaction, Ben Johnson from the Detroit Lions, 100%. Um, I don't know, Ben. I just watched their tape, and over the ever since he's become their offensive coordinator, it's as, Diverse, as creative, as friendly, as opportunistic as probably to have in the NFL. I've said he's the next Andy Reid, he's the next Kyle Shanahan when it comes to his stuff. It, it's fantastic the way that he goes about calling games. So I think Ben Johnson's right up there. um Offensive mind wise, he's probably at the top of the list. I think there's three defensive mind guys that are going to be. We're in the year of defense anyway, so I think. You know, to have the defensive guys, it's going to be Aaron Glenn, it's going to be Luana Rumo, it's going to be Ejiro Evero. Like, those are the three defensive guys, and certainly Ben, that would be the top four. D- uh, Dan, why do you suppose it is that coaches from the Bill Belichick coaching tree who go off on their own and get head coaching jobs elsewhere always end up kind of in the same spot that mm. Josh McDaniels is in right now? Why does that always seem to happen? Yeah, the number one answer is they don't have the greatest player ever. Um you know, kind of not only following in line with the way things are going and being done, but leading the charge of it. you know I think that's probably one of the biggest things we 've learned ever since Tom left, and things have it become what they 've become is, man, it was the most important part of that journey was to have Tom Brady absolutely buy into the way things that we were going to go around there and 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 like embrace it. Uh, So I think that's number one. I think number two is there's so many different ways to coach in the NFL. And there's so many different ways to X's and O's. There's so many different ways to build a team and to lead and to galvanize and to encourage. And it, it feels, at least from the outside in, that so many of the Belichick tree coaches only do it that way or the way that they saw it work in New England and it just isn't going to work anywhere else. It's just not uh, because of not having Tom. And so it just feels like those guys saw something that was done at such an incredibly high level for such a long period of time and believe that they can just copy and paste it to a different situation. And that's not reality.
0: We're talking to Dan Orlovsky, <clears throat> excuse me, Dan Orlovsky he joins us here uh, for his weekly head on Jones and mega with Arcan on W E E I. You can check out his work on ESPN Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on Sam Howell, uh, the quarterback on the other side this week. Bill was uh, surprisingly complimentary, and maybe he's throwing out false compliments. Uh, But what do you think of the way that Sam Howell has played this year? Because he certainly turns it over. He's constantly under pressure. He's on pace to to shatter uh, the record for quarterbacks getting sacked, I believe. Uh, But he also makes a lot of plays. What should we expect out of him this weekend?
1: Yeah, Coach Belichick compliments everybody, it feels like. So I would say this, Sam Howell, there is not a throw in the field that he does not like. He is an incredibly aggressive quarterback. He he, he believes that he can make any throw at any time. He's a very talented thrower, and he's a very confident guy. So you're not going to see a lot of short throws. You're, you're not going to see a lot of checkdowns. This, this young man pushes the ball downfield. He's... Fits it into tight windows. He's very aggressive. And when he's on, he's on, man. He can cut it. And they're super talented on the perimeter. I think that's one of the reasons why they throw it so much is their strength is their perimeter players. And they try to get those guys into the game as much as they can. I think the two downsides, and this has been the case for Sam, a couple things. One, he still struggles with pressures. He still struggles to know okay, if this blitz comes in this situation, how, what's my answer? What's the change of protection or what's the hot? He's, and I think that is just from he's being so RPO-centric in college. Uh, I think, number two, his aggression is amazing, but it gets him into trouble at times because you're trying to fit every throw into tight windows. And then it's also he's hold, he holds on to it for just fractions of a second longer because he wants to try to push it downfield. That's part of the sacks. Uh, his, he doesn't, <clears throat> you'll see like, he'll get super deep in his drops, like nine ten yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he just hangs out there. That's part of the sacks as well. So a very talented guy. And if you give him windows downfield, he's going to cut it loose, but you can get your hands on some footballs and you can get to him If you're very disciplined. Dan, there were some reports yesterday after the trade deadline passed that the Patriots didn't receive calls on Mac Jones, Uh, before the trade deadline. Does that surprise you? And what does that tell you, if that's true, about how the rest of the league views Mac Jones? That's not really surprising. There's not many teams that are looking for a guy. You know, like Minnesota was kind of, but they didn't want to give up a lot of capital for it. Um, Atlanta had Taylor Heineke, so they've moved on from Desmond Ritter, where they're really going to invest draft capital Uh, And then maybe Cleveland, but Cleveland, I guess, is so still attached to and probably, fingers crossed, hoping that Deshaun's back sooner rather than later. So no one's really looking for a a quarterback, let alone a guy that is a starter, at least right now. So uh, it's not all that surprising given that no one really suffered any injury outside of Minnesota, and it doesn't seem that Minnesota wants to invest much draft capital in that position right now. Dan, last week you said players don't tank, front offices do, and I sort of watched the Patriots not make any moves at the deadline, and they got calls on guys like Unwenyu and Duggar and uh, Josh Uche. Is that then uh, a signal anyway that they're not wanting to tank, that they believe in this team? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't I don't think that Mr. Crafton or Coach Belichick would ever tank. I, I, just, I mean, when you have 20 years of what they went through, I, I can't imagine them going – well, you know, we're not going to try our very best. It may not be working, but we're not going to try everything, at least in our eyes or in our, our mind, the best that we can to win. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't see that to ever be the case for that group. And I don't know if it's, it's a necessary move right now. You know, it's, I think that there's teams after seven or eight games that, one, are having an awful season, and then, two, sit there and go, as, as terrible as it sounds against like front offices we need to go get one of those two quarterbacks coming out of the draft. That's our best chance to rebuild. And New England's just not into that group. Um, and I, I think that's probably a factor as well.
0: All right, well, these are things we can uh, pick up with later on this season, especially uh, not being in on the quarterback for next year. He's Dan Orlovsky. You can check out his work at ESPN, uh, and you can check him out every Wednesday here on Jones and Mega with Arcan on W E E I. Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Have a good weekend, guys. Thanks, Dan. Right, you Thank too. You, Dan. Dan Orlovsky. You can see him uh, on the call this weekend. I'd forgotten about that.